This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number three on a tremendous football Thursday. Nick and Ken here with you on the BetQL Network. Great to be on with our friends at Stadium as well for the next 60 minutes. Great final two hours of the show are on the way. 20 minutes from now, Joey Kanish, pro sports better, stops by giving us his college football bets for the weekend. All our hockey bets for tonight. A loaded slate on the ice. Bets of steel. 40 minutes from now, Evan, Evan Silva from Establish the Run will join us one hour from now. And also in the Power Hour, final hour of the show, we'll give you our bets for tonight in the NBA and also our bets for Thursday Night Football with the Bills and the Buccaneers in Buffalo. But for now, we continue on with NFL Awards and that conversation, P-squared, B-squared Awards on a Thursday. Jake, let's bring the music back up here. And one last note, Ken, on Offensive Rookie of the Year, and we closed it out, hour number two talking about that award market. Tyson Bajant is 150 to one, and like, I, I don't think he's going to win. But I, I try to put myself in the minds of the listeners and viewers, right? Is this someone worth betting? Want to know is the starter? What if they win this week? Then what happens? Like Fields might be out a little bit longer. Didn't practice again today with the dislocated thumb. Not going to play this week, obviously. Um, any thought that Tyson Bajant at a really, really long price offensive rookie of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's a fun question, uh, and it's a quarterback. So we have to take it a little bit seriously, right? Uh, we saw Brock Purdy come onto the scene very late last year, halfway through the season, and played so well that got votes for this, which has like never happened before that a, a player plays half a season could uh, could get votes for for offensive rookie of the year. Now he won every start and played great, so that's why Brock Purdy got those votes. And, and Bajan's not going to do that, um, or at least it's very unlikely that he's going to do that. And so I think with him, it would be like, look, is is this a guy who's one hundred fifty to one? who you could see having a price drop if he wins a couple more starts. Absolutely. 150 to one, excuse me. He's behind players who have a 0% chance to win. Like he's behind them and he's not zero. He's 0.00001. So he is, you know, the order is not correct, but, uh, but do I realistically think he can even get into the conversation? No. Uh, Why not? Because last year, one of the reasons Purdy was able to get into the conversation is there was this giant vacuum because all the rookies were bad. And like all of them were either hurt or their statistics weren't very good. We were having this conversation every week about offensive rookie of the year. Like, how do you choose between bad options? And so Brock Purdy was able to enter that conversation and and have like a a, a seat at the table because he could put his resume up against bad resumes that were the entire length of the season from other players. Okay, the problem with Bajan here is like Stroud's awesome. Nakua's like the third leading receiver in the league. Like these are not no these are not like meh seasons. These are impossibly good seasons by rookies. So he's way he's just too far behind. Like it's just he could play great and like he plays great and Stroud keeps playing like this and Stroud gets every vote. Like it just actually like wouldn't even be close. So he actually has to outplay these guys to such a degree. He can get back in the conversation. He plays for the Bears. That's very unlikely. So yeah, like it's a fun conversation and his price can definitely be shorter than this. But ultimately, I don't think you can really use that to do. I think there's a way to make money on that. We'll go to Defensive Rookie of the Year in a second. I just want to give this news that uh, that popped during the break, and we'll talk about this when we do Comeback Player of the Year a little bit. Um, 
Kyler Murray practiced in full today again for the Cardinals, no longer listed on the injury report. Ian Rappaport tweeting this from NFL Media. This does not mean that Kyler's starting on Sunday for the Cardinals against the Ravens, but, you know, puts him in line to potentially start if the Cardinals, like, cho choose to go that route. We don't know what the case is going to be yet. The Ravens still operating like, somewhere in between, like, an 8.5 and, and a 9-point road favorite in Arizona. We'll do a little bit of Kyler when we talk comeback player of the year, but maybe Kyler plays this weekend. We will bring you information if and when we get it today on this Thursday edition of the show. But for now, let's do a little defensive rookie of the year where uh, Jalen Carter was just like, he's so good. You watch him like, how? I guess he won in the top 10, but almost like, how did he not go earlier? He's ridiculously good. Like, pancaking the offensive lineman, like, injuring offensive linemen, like, not purposefully knocking them out like we saw last week against the Dolphins. Jalen Carter, minus 175. Minus 175 to be defensive rookie of the year. Devin Witherspoon, who might be, like, the most fun, like, player in the secondary of any team to watch right now in the National Football League. Like, on it, like look, looks like Ronnie Lott playing cornerback with the way that he hits people. Ridiculous. Witherspoon plus 225. Will Anderson at 10. Brian Branch of the Lions at 10. I have I have chosen to draw the Gettleman line there. But, Ken, if anyone else tickles your fancy, please feel free to share. Thoughts on defensive rookie of the year? Yeah, just uh, this was a market that I just have resisted betting forever. Um, because I was either like, all right, I can lay these really short prices with the two players that everyone thinks can win, or I can wait to see if someone emerges. And, uh, you know, we're getting to the halfway point in the season, and it seems less and less likely like someone's going to emerge and be like, well, then you should have bet it, though. You should have bet on them. Be like, really? The prices are exactly the same every week. If you bet Jalen Carter three weeks ago, you could have just bet that money for three weeks and bet the same price right now. Same with Witherspoon. Like, nothing's changed. So why am I going to bet right now? Like the, the only reason to make a bet in this market right now is if you think that a flip is coming where Witherspoon continues to, honestly, I feel like Witherspoon has outplayed Carter to like some degree in terms of how he's rated. Like Carter's really good. Witherspoon in some places is rated as like the second best corner in the league almost right now in terms of how he's playing. He's third in passes defensed right now among all players, not rookies. So like Carter's really good. But like Witherspoon is starting to, I think, maybe put some some distance between him and Carter, the way that they're both playing, where they're both awesome, but one is better. And so for me, it was this week, it was the first time where I look and I go, like, do I need to bet Witherspoon? And I didn't. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not about what you've done. It's about what we think is going to happen the next week. And yes, Witherspoon gets PJ Walker, which is going to be like, I guess good for him because like PJ Walker won't shred the Seattle secondary. Also, like how many times is PJ Walker gonna throw the ball in this game? I guess so. Like the opportunity maybe for Witherspoon to make splash plays is there. It's just kind of a funny matchup for a corner to have like a quarterback who's not gonna throw the ball. <laughs> like might, might run it a lot, but like okay, it's not you know based on Patrick Mahomes. Like all right, like you you know you're probably gonna dominate that game uh, from your position. Jalen Carter plays Washington. And like, if you followed anything with the commanders this year, Sam Howell's on pace to allow the most sacks or the commanders are on pace to allow the most sacks of any team in NFL history. So like, I think we're going to get somewhere pretty soon, like in the next two to three weeks where maybe you are going to want to bet Witherspoon. And I actually, if you ask me right now, who do I think wins? I do think he wins. And I would almost say it kind of confidently. I just don't know why this would be the week. Like Carter gets the Washington offensive line. The likelihood that he does something this week is higher than the likelihood that Witherspoon does something this week. So even if I think Witherspoon's going to win, why would I bet it right now? That doesn't make any sense. So just like, I think next week, I don't even know who Philly has, but it, it ain't Washington anymore. This would be the second meeting. And it, I, I, don't, I guess it doesn't even really matter. Just the idea would be, 
I think Witherspoon's going to win. That's a subjective opinion. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything to do yet. I think we're getting closer to betting into this market because we're going to enter like the second stage of awards betting, which is late season deciding between like the two or three guys who will who are going to be your contenders. I think we're going to end up picking Witherspoon, but uh, I think we can wait another week because of Carter's matchup. Uh, week nine, Seattle on the road in Baltimore against the Ravens. The Ooh, Philadelphia Eagles next week. Philadelphia Eagles next week host the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's a fun game. That studly offensive line, yeah. which is like, which is like ostensibly going to be the healthiest been all season, right? For uh, for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. So very interesting stuff. Um, I would just add, Sam Howell could have like the 1991 or 92 or 93 Dallas Cowboys offensive line in front of him, and I still think he would take like six sacks per game. He loves it. I actually. I say this jokingly, maybe a little serious. That kind of worried for Sam Howell in this game on Sunday with how many hits he takes against this defensive line. Jalen Carter and company, not great for him. That's defensive rookie of the year. And just like Devin Witherspoon is insanely fun to watch. Like and ridiculously, ridiculously good. I agree with you, Ken, on your sentiment. Nick and Ken, tremendous football Thursday. You better, you bet. All right, let's do coach of the year. Always a fun market. Always like lots of like fun stuff going on in this market, Absolutely. and always like fun choices further down the board. Um, it's like the Gettleman line. Always with this with this particular market is we get the most names before we get to the Gettleman sure. line because you can make you can make a case for a, a lot of these people. Uh, Dan Campbell, despite despite getting railroaded last Sunday by Baltimore, is still the favorite at three to one. Mike McDaniel, despite getting railroaded last Sunday night by the Eagles, is the second choice once again at plus 325. D'Amico Ryans, plus 750. Kyle Shanahan, who's lost two straight games at, at 9. Robert Sala coming off the bye. Giants on deck this weekend to 12. John Harbaugh at 14. Mike Tomlin, 16. Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni at 18. Arthur Smith at 25. I... I just really would like for him not to win. Uh, Shane Steichen, Kevin Stefanski, and Sean McVay can all at 30-1. to 1. I've drawn the line there, but we can talk about other guys if you'd like. Also, thoughts here on an always interesting market right now. Coach of the year in the NFL. I was a little worried the last couple weeks that this market would be very uninteresting and we wouldn't get a chance to bet a lot of money into it. We would take some, we'd have some early season bets and we'd hold those positions and they, they weren't aging very well. I have some Arthur Smith. I'm almost embarrassed to have it right now. Cause I just hate, I, you hate him more than I do, but I just look at him and I go, Oh God, like I have to, I, do I have to admit that I have this ticket? And the funny thing is like, I guess he could still win. Like, I, I mean, they're going to, if they win the NFC South and he wins 12 games, like, although I do think voters would just be like, you're dumb. Like, no, we'll vote for somebody else. Well, I don't, who knows? Um, but like that, you know, that ticket, like, ah, that's not too good. Ron Rivera. Like I, I tried to be a believer for a while. I still do think the schedule is so difficult. I think they'll go over the win total still, but like, I don't think you could be happy with that ticket. Uh, we talked about LaFleur a little bit. Jordan Love stinks. And so these are like the early season positions where it's like, well, maybe one of these guys catches fire. Maybe you just never have to add anybody. Maybe you have to never put a lot of money into the market. I was worried that this market was going to be so uninteresting. And what I mean by that is Campbell and McDaniel emerged as two favorites so early on in the process. They just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. And they started to stand out as potentially having like really not historically good seasons, but like 15 and two, 14 and three, like those kinds of seasons were like, I, I did not like either of them to win the award at all because I thought that's the record they would have to have. And then you get to last week prior to last week's games and you go, 
well, crap, maybe they are going to go 15 and two. Maybe they are going to go 14 and three. Like maybe one, maybe Dan Campbell's just going to win and they're going to win every game. Like the schedule gets a little easier. Uh, and so I was like, maybe this market's not going to be fun this year, which stinks. Coach of the year should be, always be fun. This was like the lamest one we've had. It's like, oh, the two favorites. Well, they're just the favorites every week and they just win. Like, All right. And then they both lost and Kyle Shanahan lost. And now you're kind of like, and this is why when I say early in the year, like, and this, I don't even, I'm not even like, this isn't like patting myself on the back, but just I say early in the year with this the last couple of years, you don't want to bet like the historically good season coach early. It's just too hard to win a lot of games. It's just too tough. And like, you're just going to lose even the great team. You're just, you're going to lose. So like, yeah, I had the great team coaches I thought were possible, but then every time I said, I just go, but we don't want to bet those right now. Like, let's get like, let's get a little later in the season before we bet Kyle Shanahan or Nick Sirianni or Sean McDermott or, you know, any of these other coaches, like, let's get a little further along because it's just too tough. And I, I actually think it was really meaningful that those two guys both lost games and that Shanahan lost a game because it just, again, puts them on this trajectory to have good seasons, really good seasons, but not win this award seasons. Like, if you're going to be 12 and 5, which is what the Lions project right now or worse, and what the Dolphins project right now or worse... 12 and five is not there. I just, I'll guarantee right now, either of them goes 12 and five. They're not winning. They will not win this award. And that's the tra trajectory that they're on right now. 13 and four that I think is a really gray area where like could win, would want to know who the other candidates were before I decided if they went And 14 and three. I do think either of them would win if they went 14 and three, but like they all just got their second loss. Like that, it's just, it, now they got like run the table almost to be in the conversation and they're still the favorite. So thank God this market got interesting and all of them taking losses made it interesting. Now I will add to that, they're both both Campbell and McDaniel are going to win this weekend, though. <laughs> Campbell eight and a half, nine against the Raiders. McDaniel, you know, nine against the Patriots. Likely to win. So maybe you don't get the price moves now. But I do think them taking losses, like, this is almost a long-term play. Short-term, they're both going to win again this week, probably. And they'll both still be the favorites, and that's fine. Long-term, really, 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 really hurts their candidacy to take a second loss this early in the season because they're, they're going to take a couple more. Like, it's going to happen. And so now I think we can talk about, like, all right, in five weeks, in three weeks, like, how do we see this taking shape with other coaches who could become interesting candidates? All right. Ken, in five weeks, in three weeks, how do you think this takes shape with other coaches becoming interesting candidates? Who do, who, who do you I like? Who are I, you targeting right now? I was, like, laying out for a reset, and then I looked at the clock, and I go, oh, actually, we're, like, way later in the segment than I thought. And you already did it. Yeah, I was like, all right. That's okay. <laughs> so like, that's okay, why that, well, I, I tossed uh, it right back at you, yeah. so there you go. All yeah, 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 that's fine. So uh, some coaches I think are interesting. This is an extremely important week maybe like the most important week of the season for D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year candidacy. Um, he is the improvement coach right now of the year. He is the team who had a terrible season, like takes over a team that had the worst record almost and has the potential to lead them to a Brian Dable, like kind of nine and eight or nine win type season. Uh, and he would win if he did that. And I think honestly, no matter who, and now that these guys have all lost these games, I think if he got to that number, uh, I think you're home. I actually think he'd just win, and I don't think anybody else could ever win if he won nine or ten games. Actually, I, I, how strongly I feel about it, gotta win this week. Like, God, it's one of the most it's a winnable game on your schedule. You're three on the road against Carolina. Um, I, I think he becomes very interesting. Could you bet him before this game? If you like Houston in the game, you better bet him. If you like Houston in the game, like, I think he would be the most likely coach to win if he wins this game. Um, so I definitely would target him like later in the year and I'll pay less of a price, but like he is definitely interesting. The improvement coach, two other coaches, not like the typical improvement coach, but who, who have to be just considered not for this week, but like 
have like eventually we're probably gonna bet these guys if robert sala wins he's always been someone i've been really interested in looking at the jets schedule think he has a chance uh and then like what the hell do we do with kevin stefanski and i would be like oh we'll do more after the break no i don't have anything else to do what the hell do we do with kevin stefanski like i don't know what to do with him uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson knows either. Maybe we'll touch on this coming up in the Power Hour. But coming up next, let's get some college football bets for this weekend with Joey Kanish. Baby!